You're listening to the New Century Multiverse, Stone Spring Maidens. Chapter 25, Suit Up, Gabriella, Day 17 of Epona, Springfall, 1884. Ganny and Attar had driven halfway up the street when they heard a series of all-too-familiar sounds. Glancing back, Ganny saw the eight guards at the checkpoint moan down from behind as the rasp and whoosh of crystal energy weapons filled the night air. Fuck me in the face! They're here already! What do we do? Penny might be hurt. She would say the plan was sound, and we can't help any of them right now. Keep going. Attar gunned the engine and they peeled away. Nobody gave chase. Silent Company were already filing off through the streets to the east. Did you hear those blasts? They're either using pulsars or Nox rods or both. That's what I thought. Non-lethal military tech. Almost certainly use the same weaponry on their own people. They don't want this to be an atrocity. Harry's kind kill all the time. Why would they take on board this element of our culture? Whatever their reasons, I'm not going to complain about people not dying. Let's just alert the nearest Imperial Guard barracks and let them spread the word. Then we're done. We aren't though, are we? You know I'm gonna go back there. I can't just hide inside and stay safe. I've gotta help Penny and maybe get Harry over here in that armor of hers. Attar groaned long and loud. Ganny smiled to himself. (laughs) So are you gonna help me? It doesn't look like I have much choice. If you're gonna be stupid and foolhardy, then so am I. The automotive went quiet. Are you gonna ask me about it now or save it for later? What? The story of how I ended up... who I am. Ganny pondered for a moment. You can absolutely tell me when you're ready. But you don't have to. I've already told you Celeste was trans. Ah, but she was a trans woman. Different situation for her. Attar's face was hardening up with deflected pity. In fact, she probably had it worse than me for several reasons. No rich, well-connected mom to grease the wheels for her, right? No, she came from a low, mean family. And I'm never going to be accused of stealing social standing. In fact, it's quite the opposite for me. When I look in their eyes, when they know what I left behind, what I get most often is... puzzlement. You won't get it from me. Far as I'm concerned, you were always Attar. Well, thank you. Was your mother supportive when you came out? (sighs) No. I'm her filthy little secret. Hence the double name change. I am so sorry. To her credit, like I said, she did assist me with the transition. Didn't cast me out. Well, not exactly. She said she wanted no child of hers to be a failure. This last word was spoken through gritted teeth. She got me a position under Donna. Ah. Does Donna know? She was an absolute sweetheart. A flicker of warmth crossed Attar's features. Legally speaking, I was supposed to declare my... No. What did they call it? Status discrepancy to everyone in the building. Like I'd have to have a plaque on the wall warning everyone what I was. Like Eliazard at the zoo. 
best not get too close at feeding time, science ladies. He sighed, and the last of his outbreath became a shudder of released tension. Hmm. But Donna performed some bureaucratic chicanery, and as far as everyone who met me was concerned, they were talking to a man, just like you. A metasexual, defective degenerate, you mean? Ganny grinned mirthlessly. I knew there was a reason I liked you. <laughs> There's plenty of reasons why I like you too. And absolutely nothing has changed about that. There was another long silence. How did she die? You've never told me. She drowned. Atar reached out and laid his hand gently upon the mechanical one to his left, before his brow furrowed. Wait a minute. Meta? Sexual? I'm deeply attracted to concepts. Oh, nice. If we both live through this, can I join that club? You must have 18 layers or more. Fiddlesticks. I'm far too shallow for that. <laughs> You'll get there. Washington, May 17th, 1884. Penny awoke to the sound of an alarm bell and distant, clangorous impacts, feeling stiff and cold. The chamber was still dark, but a shaft of moonlight was illuminating the prone form of Catherine beside her. Penny groaned, hauling herself upright. There was another clang. Catherine stirred, but did not roll over. I can't move. They shot us with Elaine weaponry. Oh, we'll live. I think they hit me twice. Or it's worse for humans. Where's Harry? Catherine painfully inclined her head toward the ruined hatch up the gantry stairs behind them. That's probably her now. May I go and fetch her here? Go! Penny scrambled to her feet and made her way up and out, finding herself in a darkened corridor. There was an almighty crash from up ahead, making Penny jump as it jangled her nerves. She could now make out a tall, armored form, moving towards her in the shadows, glowing amber at the heart and at every key joint. She was having to stoop to avoid the ceiling, stopping in her tracks as her light illuminated the Elaine. She flipped her visor and bent down, looking at Penny with a mixed expression. What's going on? There was hurt and fear there, but also a gladness, a comfort. Penny wanted to just pull her out of the armor and step sideways into a pocket world where time no longer elapsed, explain absolutely everything, and make love to her for an eon. Since that was impossible, she did what Agent Lee had done and abbreviated heavily. White arrived, attacked Langley, non-lethal. Everybody probably alive, for now. Gone through to autumn, going to destroy Binary Dawn. Hope. Whoa, whoa, wait, what? White attacked Langley. Shit. Everybody, probably alive. Good? Gone to autumn. Shit. Going to destroy Kel's project. Is that bad? It sounds bad. Then we should probably stop him. Follow me. Harry obliged, and Penny led the way to Catherine, who had shifted onto her back. Arlington, you may be the only one he'll listen to. The director said. Where's Truth? Maybe she can help. Your sister is out in Washington tonight. 
She's heading up a hunting party. They are looking to kill him, quietly and out of sight. An unbearable tension formed in Harry's gut. Then I'd better get going. If he beats me back out of there, he won't have many places left to run to. Be careful. It sounds like he's very determined to do this. What is Binary Dawn? It's a union between our species. Harry said nothing more. She was already running for the portal, with Penny in tow. Gabriella, day 17 of Epona, Springfall, 1884. Harry and Penny emerged through the tent and then out onto Flax Market Square. They were immediately met by eight groggy and extremely agitated Imperial Guard, all pointing their angrily glowing lightning pikes into the faces of these additional intruders. Their leader clocked Penny. Her eyes flared. Since you came so late with your news, Captain Tress said with cold fury, We had no time to call for reinforcements before they were on us. Penny shrank under this disapproving glare, but Harry stepped up and spoke for her. Which way did they head? The captain pointed east, and on the evening breeze, they could all hear the sounds of guerrilla warfare in the street. Our forces are intercepting and attempting to repel them. We have to catch up. Harry made a move past the line. Hold, Arlington! Tress threw up her hand. Our world has been invaded. You're not taking another step? I'm detaining you both until we can establish exactly who's on whose side here. We're definitely on your side. Not Not only are you going to let these two go... There was a shout from across the way. You're going to arrange an escort. They turned collectively to see Gani and Attar standing by the latter's imposing black and purple automotive. They had pulled up during the exchange and now Attar was yelling directly at the captain. You failed in your task of mustering reinforcements, and when my mother hears about this, she'll have you transferred to the bitterest tundra of the North Pole, guarding a research station so cold you'll have to snap off frozen streams of your own urine on a daily, frocking basis. A ripple passed across the guard, and the captain blinked in shock. What we need is four of you to stay here and liaise with our human allies, and the other four to come with us and ferry the one in the crystal armor to the attacking party at the Aphrodite Laboratories, so she can stop them. Your Your job job is to clear us with the rest of the guard currently engaged in combat within the city, thus preventing her being further waylaid lest you end up with a growing collection of pissicles to write home about. Tress stood rooted to the spot, and then pointed at the four of her charges to the right. You heard the man. Hop to it. Harry and Penny raced across to their friends. Remind me never to annoy you or your mum. Penny beamed at Attar. I almost believed it myself. The young gentleman said quietly as their new escorts drew closer to earshot. I might be able to get you a job in my world as a cartographer. If they still exist in a few months' time. No thanks. I'm a lab rat. Born, if not bred. Well, what's your plan? Harry was urgently eyeing the eastern streets. We'll all assist you and get you to White. And you take him out. You could all be killed. 
Can you just get me near him? Then escape to safety. Ganny opened the capacious trunk on the back of Atar's boy. It was absolutely crammed with crystal-powered munitions and armor. This tech is all mostly in the experimental stage, Ganny said as Harry whistled in approval, her eyes wide. So strictly speaking, Atar and I will be field testing it tonight. And me. I didn't want to ask. Harry's right. This could wind up killing all of us. Penny craned her head into the trunk and pulled out her TR glove, sliding her hand inside and feeling the surge of power emanating from the green and orange crystals inset in the webbing. You knew what my decision was going to be. Ganny nodded. Let's get you kitted up as well. Five minutes later, the three Elaine were clad in elegant, strong, molded armor across their torsos, shoulders, elbows, and knees, with shield units at their forearms and crystal shock weaponry slung across their backs. They pulled down light headgear containing the crown bands that would allow them focused mental access to each augmented part of their body. Penny turned to Harry and said in a low voice, I want to stay alive tonight. So that you and I can talk tomorrow. Harry was almost too afraid to let this thought percolate, along with all the positive implications of the look Penny was giving her as the Elaine laid a hand tenderly upon Harry's chest plate. Moments later, Atar's vehicle, the armoured companions within, was rolling down the street with Harry jogging alongside her heavy cat legs stomping down on the larkish paving. Before them marched the four guards in quick step, ready to make the much-needed explanations to the Gabriella authorities encountered as they followed the trail of unconscious and injured bodies, and the frightened shouts of fleeing civilians. Harry longed to break into a run and barge her way forwards to cut off her father and prevent even one more person being harmed, but she begrudgingly moved at the pace of everyone else, the way she had forced herself to do back in her previous life. You have been listening to episode 25 of Stonespring Maidens, Suit Up, written, edited, and directed by Alexander Shaw, Atar Rubens, performed by Orion Richardson, Ganymede Ferron, performed by Felix Quist, Catherine Holloway, performed by Maya Santandrea, Penthesily Renwick, performed by Theo Lee, Harry Arlington, performed by Loretta Saylor. Captain Tress, performed by Tanya Milojevic. And I've just been demoted. Awesome. Not only am I humiliated, but I'm demoted. Thank you so much, Hera. You're my best buddy. Narration by Alex Shaw. Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Attic, composed and performed by Ross Bugden. Dark Conspiracy Theories, performed by Feslian Studios. Solo Cello Passion, performed by Doug Maxwell. 
many soundscapes including Grand Theatre and Submerged by Tabletop Audio. Stone Spring Maidens is available in a gorgeous paperback from Amazon.com, along with the previous nine stories from the New Century Multiverse, and the three newest, Panther Soul, Nightfall of the Wendigo, and Back in Time Plus Space. You should be listening to Through the Wind Door. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon. Our top-tier sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you too. Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Alex Outridge, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolfe, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Duran Barnett, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Johan Clayson, Joe G, Josh Waster, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Mark Luksh, Marty Huey, Matthew A. Siebert, Matthew Webb, Michael Hasco, Robbie Crow, Sarah Montgomery, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Jungius, Tom Painter, and Valencia Burns. <laughs>